Hey, let's now welcome to a special episode of Stump Mike to coincide with the start of one of the world's biggest first-class tournaments. 38 teams, nearly 170 games and lots and lots to keep track of for the next three months or so. I am Srinath Sripath and I am glad to be in the company of three people who will be doing the job of keeping an eye on another bumper edition of the Ranji Trophy. Shashank Kishore and Saurabh Somani are uh, two of our stalwarts who've, between them, probably covered over two decades of following this tournament closely. Hey, Saurabh, welcome on Stump Mike. Is that an exaggeration to start off? Hey, Srinath, yeah, that's a gross exaggeration, but I'm not complaining. <laughs> no, I meant you and Shashank put together. Shashank, uh, <laughs> welcome on Stump Mike. Uh, Shashank is an uh, unapologetic Karnataka fan, listener, just for you to know. Hey, good to be here. Uh... Finally, you know, uh, putting something official to uh, all the uh, WhatsApp and all the Slack and emails and phone conversations that you've had over domestic cricket. So, finally, it's nice to have something actually on record. <laughs> Absolutely. We are on record and on record with us is Gaurav Sundaraman, uh, who is a familiar name on the show. He's been here many, many times. I don't need to introduce him. Hi, Gaurav. Hi. And uh, looking forward to talking something other than T20 cricket. Yes, yes, yes. Gaurav's got a bit of a T20 reputation behind him, so you'll see him talk first-class cricket. Uh, listener, I'll play the role of you and be the observer from outside. I keep an eye but not as close an eye as any of these folks. First up, uh, the Ranji season begins in a couple of days' time on uh, the 9th of December. Uh, there are 38 teams this time. Sort of uh, just a quick run through for people who don't follow. There are 38 teams and there's a new team this time, Chandigarh, who are playing for the first time. All of that makes this the biggest or the busiest Ranji Trophy season ever? Oh yeah, uh, certainly it does. I mean, last year was the biggest and busiest ever. So this year the addition of one team is even bigger and busier. It's uh, actually quite a logistical feat that uh, the BCCI pulls off year after year, which, you know, we, we give the BCCI a lot of discredit for a lot of things, but they need to be given credit for this one. Yeah, absolutely. I can't imagine hosting 169, 170 games almost over three months. It, I mean, as big a country as India is, it's it just makes it that much harder. Shashank, uh, the first question I had in mind, which I'm sure a lot of listeners will have as well, is with the Indian team dominating so much... It, as much as India dominates, it's a nightmare for people who are competing for the spots in the test team, which is what the first-class system is supposed to do. What's at stake for players who are long-format specialists, who look at the Ranji Trophy, who look forward to it all year, the rest of the year is spent getting ready for their state teams? What is at stake for players and why do they continue taking this tournament seriously when there's so little opportunity to make it to the next level in an India jersey? Uh, when we talk about uh, Ranji, we, we generally link uh, Ranji performances to uh, the national team selection. But uh, over the last few years, at least since Rahul Dravid's been in charge of uh, the India A system, uh, every major international tour has been, has been preceded by an A tour, a shadow tour. So that's what uh, a lot of these uh, players and consistent performances uh, performers here should look forward to. Uh, the biggest case in point has been uh, Priyank Panchal and Abhimanyu Ishwaran, uh, for example. Panchal had a blockbuster season uh, three years ago, 2016-17, made about 1,200 runs, and that forced his uh, way into the India A reckoning. Uh, Abhimanyu Ishwaran's also been very consistent. He may have not churned out 1,000 plus, but he's been there and thereabouts um, for the last three seasons. And whenever he's got the opportunity, he's done well. So these are just two names. Uh, there are plenty of other names that uh, come to mind. Mayank Agarwal, for example, used the A tour of England before the actual uh, tour last July. 
to make a case for himself after that uh, mammoth uh, ranji season he had so that's the tour that a lot of these players should look to target try and get into the india a team and from there a couple of good performances and uh, you know you will be knocking on the doors of the uh, indian team so whether or not uh, a place in the national team is at whether or not the competition allows for places that's a different debate altogether but uh, ideally india a is what a lot of these players will and should look to target from the ranji season shashank from your experience of actually interacting with these players and watching these matches uh maybe our listeners will want to know about uh, group c and group d so what you're talking about about panchal and ishwar and great but a lot of times even in our conversations we claim that uh, group c and group d performances have to be uh, taken with a pinch of salt and i think we saw rishi dhawan uh, at one point of time he was a, a ranji uh, king but uh, maybe he got one or two odis but he really didn't make it uh, to the indian team so what is in it for group c and group d how do they catch the attention of uh, say rahul david and do they even pick players from these teams um, into the national team i mean there are very very few instances of uh, uh, players from those two groups going directly into the national team or even the a team but uh, we've recently seen um, the case of uh, divyansh joshi who moved from up to mizoram and played under 19 cricket for them and has now broken into the india under 19 team Uh, you have uh, a fast bowler called Rajkumar Rex Singh, a left-arm fast bowler whose uh, video really went viral last year. He picked up 10 wickets in an under-19 game, and uh, we also carried a story on him uh, on ESPN Cricket Info. And he was also part of the uh, India under-19 team last year that played South Africa. So, so basically, a lot of these performers and aspirants who are at the junior level uh, in uh, the new northeastern teams or even the the teams that are there in group c and group d should look to put in performances of the kind that really gets you noticed like ashutosh aman did last year when he uh, you know backed so many wickets and he's now captain of uh, bihar for the season so those those are the kind of performances that really catch the eye it may necessarily not earn you an india a ticket straight away but a couple of good seasons like that you saw you take your team from c to b and then you do well those are the kind of performances that uh, make you stand out from the rest of the pack at least for those two groups group c as it is now is very different to what group c was before uh, these new teams came in which formed the new plate league now group d like now i think group c for start is uh, relatively stronger in the sense earlier what used to happen is group a and b every team that was in group a and b was considered stronger than group c i am not sure if that is the case now like last year rajasthan were in group c and uh, they would have been worthy semi final contenders uh, they they lost to karnataka in a very close quarter final uh, which uh, had its share of dubious decisions group c right now how it is is uh, i would say a lot more competitive than when uh, for example rishavan was taking all those wickets and runs i genuinely think there is right now as it stands no chance of any uh, anyone who does well in group d getting a national call up in india a call up because that will take time like group d is right now how uh, perhaps ranji trophy was in the 1930s and 40s when it started i mean nervous were around obviously that time but uh, this is just a guess but it's basically teams who have just learned how to play cricket and who sometimes don't have not sometimes often don't have proper infrastructure or talent pipelines and all we have basically cobbled together a team so it's it's difficult to you know see performances there being uh, 
rewarded in the same manner as a performing A and B or even C would be. Yes, yeah, so just to get into the uh, Group C and the plate group discussion here. Group C this year, for example, has a number of uh, very competent sides. Haryana just made the semi-finals of the Mushtaqali. Uh, Chhattisgarh made it to the knockouts for the first ever time in the Vijay Hazare, and they've been around for just uh, three seasons. There is Jharkhand that's got decent number of players uh, who've gone on to uh, be uh, picked in representative India sides and Dulip Trophy teams in the last few years. Ishan Kishan uh, being the biggest name. There is Maharashtra, of course, with a number of quality players like Kedar Jadav, uh, Ritu Raj Gaikwad, of course, uh, scoring a lot of runs for India. Uh, Assam is decent on their day, uh, not yet a full-fledged top-tier team, but they can beat a side on the day and they've got a number of young players coming through. So, five of these sides uh, have now been distributed and redistributed from Group A and Group B. And uh, Uttarakhand, who played in the plate division, have now moved here and that's um, some sort of a promotion for them. Uh, so, if they can uh, do well, have a good season, finish in the top half of the group, even if they don't qualify, uh, that will be a statement of sorts. Maybe two or three years ago, uh, you could have looked at Group C and said, you know what, maybe these performances uh, still need to be magnified a little more. But that may not be the case this time around, considering how uh, the the distribution of teams has been a lot more even. And the team that's really performed in Group D or the plate group, as we call it, has now come in. So, it's a lot more even, as Saurabh said. Yeah, just circling back for those of you who, like me, probably <laughs> do not exactly know who are the teams outside the top two groups. The top two groups comprise the cream, pretty much, of the domestic system. It includes sides like Delhi, uh, Mumbai, Karnataka, Tamil Nadu, uh, even UP, the likes of uh, Gujarat, who've been doing well. Those teams form the first two groups. And, of course, it includes champions Vidarbha, who we'll talk about very soon. The other two groups comprise the newer teams and uh, the so-called smaller states who have pretty much been cricketing backwaters for a long time. Uh, Group C, for example, as Shashank mentioned, there's Jammu Kashmir, there's Jharkhand, there's Maharashtra, Odisha services and so on, which is a traditional sort of third group which used to be there. But now there are 38 teams, which means there are there's another plate group involving Arunachal Pradesh, Chandigarh, which is playing for the first time. There's Puducherry, which we'll talk about with Saurabh in depth. Uh, there's Meghalaya, Mizoram, Manipur from the northeast uh, and uh, Goa. So that's how it rolls. And eight teams make it, of course, to the quarterfinals out of these 38, which is quite steep. And then, of course, the knockouts leading to the final. Saurabh, a couple of questions to, to kind of get back into the uh, focus on the India side. There is two months to go for the New Zealand tour. And there are people who are coming back from injuries. There are people who are still trying to make a case for the India squad who are closer to selections. I'm thinking the likes of Prithvi Shaw, who used to be, I mean, who started for India as an opener. There's, of course, the case of Bhuvneshwar Kumar, who's coming back from injuries. What's at stake for this, you know, so-called guys on the fringes? And by fringes, I mean they're extremely close to selection, but there's only so, so many spots available for an overseas store like New Zealand. Who are the guys like that that we are watching out for whose performances could make or break their uh, uh, selections to the Tour of New Zealand, which is after the best part of the group stage? Um, For New Zealand, like you mentioned, Bhuvneshwar Kumar, I think uh, his performance uh, ought to be the most closely watched one. Uh, He's fallen off the radar a little bit uh, in terms of uh, red ball cricket. Uh, which is not entirely his fault. It's also because of the injuries and all that that he has suffered. 
but uh, if he can you know show that he still has it with the red ball and uh, get ub a bunch of wickets ub as in uttar pradesh the team he plays for then if he can show that you know the old skill still remains i think uh, especially in new zealand he would be a serious contender and he would be back in the reckoning for a spot in the squad prithvi shaw has you know youth and all that on his side so he, he even if he doesn't have a good season now you would expect that at some point or the other prithvi shaw is going to play red ball cricket for india unless he has like some drastic uh, fall or something and then uh, shashank had mentioned earlier uh, panchal and ishwaran who are also you know been knocking the doors very uh, consistently all the guys who are basically on the fringes they need to because you never know what can happen like you know umesh was suddenly called up for the south africa series with uh, bumrah injured and look at what he's done you're also looking at um, jaspreet bumrah possibly coming back and playing a couple of games for gujarat in the build up to that new zealand tour he's just started bowling now and he's just started uh, you know bowling of a short run up he's just uh, doing his uh, rehab and he's uh, just beginning to get back into the normal drills that you expect him to and uh, anil kumble made this uh, uh, a kind of a process uh, you know two and a half or three years ago when he took over that any player who's out injured who comes uh, when he wants to come back in he has to prove his fitness in domestic cricket so uh considering that i think bumrah coming back in uh, there is a game at eden gardens uh, that uh, gujarat is slated to play in the first week of january uh, that's the game that uh, i believe he's targeting so it'll be interesting to see how bumrah goes so it's just not about the contenders it's also about those who have injured themselves trying to put themselves in the fray uh, and also another thing that uh, would be interesting to watch out is um, this domestic season of course uh, is that uh, you know we've obviously hardik pandya has been injured for a while and while the t20 world cup in australia may actually be his uh, big uh, uh, next big focus or so to say uh, who are the seam bowling all-rounders that india could possibly look at uh, anywhere near the test team the a team hasn't uh, produced that as far as the long form uh, format is concerned shivam dubey has done well but that's like that's in the white ball format uh, vijay shankar has done well in red ball cricket but um he hasn't been given any inkling or so to suggest that he you know he's being even considered so if he does well for tamil nadu and he you know he's also going to be captain this time he picks up a number of wickets uh does well leads from the front scores runs with the bat uh, he could well be a dark horse uh, for that uh, number 6 spot that we all just assume will go to hanuma vihari just because uh, the team may play an extra batsman but as you saw in the vijay hazare trophy and the mushtaq ali vijay shankar uh, proved himself to be more than capable of uh, you know showing um, his ability with the bat uh, under pressure and at difficult times of course uh, notwithstanding that dismissal in that heartbreaking final so i think vijay shankar um, will have a very uh, important few games for tamil nadu if he does well who knows i mean he could be that all-rounder who could bat at number 6 and give you a few overs with the ball what shashank said is definitely a problem in terms of finding the right all-rounders but i think india are kind of covering that up with uh, making jareja play uh, more as a batsman making him improve his batting skills and maybe look to play uh, three quicks and uh, uh, ashwin maybe for that matter four quicks if the pitches uh, Uh, conducive because i don't see too many all-rounders breaking uh, into the team and and you need performances hardik pandya obviously didn't make it to the first class circuit he made it from the uh, ipl and um, odi circuit whereas even shivam dubey for that matter uh, this is doing the same so 
to actually have uh, a complete performances with bat and ball in the first class season i'm yet to see someone to actually uh, stake claim based on solid first class performances and coming back to the other point of bumrah playing umesh not playing or uh, uh, i think uh, pujara rahane ashwin are also slated to play uh, the first uh, round of ranji matches uh, from what i saw in the said mustaq ali final if stars are playing i saw a lot of great crowds in surat and uh, it it looks like a good spectacle so what i wanted to again ask you all for the benefit of domestic cricket in india do you think that there has to be some changes in ranji trophy in terms of having a few games in the night already i see a lot of matches shifted to smaller venues tamil nadu karnataka is actually the first game of the ranji trophy for both of them on december 9th and they're playing in dindigul uh, do you think that say you make that a pink ball game in the in chinnaswamy or chepauk and you play in the night do you think these kind of modifications will help domestic cricket as a whole or uh, i also heard that uh, that match is not even uh, being telecasted so are we missing something there can bcci do something to actually make sure that we watch our stars play domestic cricket very uh, fair point that you raised uh, that you know when the stars play the profile of the game the profile of the format uh, automatically uh, goes up but having said that uh, with uh, 14 t- uh, 14 matches spread across different parts of the country the logistics are such that you can't really uh, cover every single game or televise every single game that said uh, there's still streaming uh, and that's still that said you know you still have the two camera systems in place at many of the venues uh, so it, resource wise i don't and finances wise i don't think the bcci is ever at a at uh, at a loss of uh, or at a money crunch to uh, not stream these matches I, um, you know uh, i think it's also important to understand that games that they look to televise on tv should be picked out as a uh, should be uh, a little more they should be a little more flexible with that instead of uh, just predeciding uh, eight or nine games and then just going with that uh, you know last year we had a situation where karnataka and mumbai were playing uh, and uh, you had a tripura versus andhra game that was on tv and uh, with devoid of any interest whereas this game was really uh, you know um, giving you the eyeballs and had everyone lot of uh, domestic cricket followers on social media wondering what was happening and one wondering why this game wasn't televised so um, and in terms of the format who knows i mean uh, it just took barely uh, two or three weeks for the bcci to build up to the pink ball test and um, they could well do that with the ranji final if they really want to have a pink ball ranji final or have the knockouts under lights um so it's an experiment worth trying just to ensure that you try and bring back the crowds you garner interest around domestic cricket and uh, automatically it will go up if the big stars play yeah just talking of the profile of the tournament and how seriously it's taken by the public uh, we saw last year when cheteshwar pujara was booed at the chinnaswamy stadium in a big game between saurashtra and karnataka which kind of brings us back to the point of playing games home and away and not at neutral venues so when when stars play the stakes get that much higher and in centers like bangalore the state team is is kind of lauded and taken so seriously because they produce so many stars like kl rahul manish pandey karun nair mayank agarwal and vinay kumar all these guys have played for india so it it, it kind of raises itself to that level automatically the two questions i had uh, for you sort of maybe you can take these is uh, one give us a lowdown on the format uh, in terms of 
how much is going to be played uh, home and away, how are the knockouts going to be played. And secondly, the bone of contention last year, which was fans rallying for the DRS to be introduced in the domestic system after those incidents involving Pujara when he did not walk <laughs> after nicking. So uh, just give us a lowdown on these couple of things which kind of emerged as huge talking points at the end of last season. To take, tackle the first on the format, what the BCCI have done is fairly ingenious solution to the problem of having a, a group, which is the blade group, whose standard is a lot lower than the others. So how they have done it is that matches are still played in four groups, A, B, C and D. But groups A and B are uh, tracked on the same points table. So the top five teams uh, points-wise from that combined A and B group uh, qualify for the quarterfinals. The top two teams from group C go through and the top team from the played group goes through. And the rankings are that the top five teams of group A and B are ranked 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. Uh, the top two teams in C are 6 and 7 and the played group is ranked 8. And as like a normal quarterfinal scenario, 1 is 8, 2 plays 7, 3 plays 6 and 4 plays 5. There has been some angst amongst uh, players and teams about the format, uh, particularly in A and B, because uh, their point, and that is also a fair one, is that we are not competing, uh, playing against any of those guys in the other group, but we are being tracked on the same table as them. And if, let's say, we have rain-affected matches or, or even if rain doesn't make a match abandoned, it could leave conditions pretty bad and then it becomes like a very, you know, uh, luck-based thing of who wins the match. So, and because of that, you get affected. And, and in the other group, if somebody has had the luck going their way, they might overtake you on the points table, even though you have done all you could. That is still a little tricky. Uh, there's no straightforward way to you know, resolve that if you want to have the plate group teams uh, part of the Ranji Trophy. Because the only other solution is to go back to the old system and have the plate group teams play like a separate league and then have like a relegation and promotion thing between, uh, let's say, have another mini league between the top three plate group teams and the bottom three teams in the uh, A, B and C or something like that. And, you know... Uh, set that for the next year. But if you do that, you are essentially telling the player group teams that no matter what you do, you cannot win the Ranji Trophy. You can win a separate trophy that we'll have to create a name, but you cannot win the Ranji Trophy. You can only win the Ranji Trophy if you graduate to A, B and C. Now, um, the thing about uh, last year's semi-final, uh, yeah, I was there for the quarterfinal and the semi-final and the, yeah, like you rightly said, there was a lot of emotion uh, stoked and uh, Pujara, of course, was well within his rights to not walk. Which he didn't, and uh, I don't think uh, 99% of players would have uh, if their if their team is playing the semi-final of the national uh, tournament, and uh, you are the key wicket, you are not going to walk. And he did, and he took uh, Saurashtra to victory. And uh, of course, uh, I can understand that the Karnataka fans were pretty upset with that. And uh, like, there's no, there's nobody was wrong here. Right? The Karnataka fans were right to be upset, and Pujara was right to stand his ground. The solution is, of course, to have DRS, and which I believe is going to be there in the knockouts this year, which is a big step. Without the Hawkeye, I think. I'm not entirely sure. Maybe we'll find out uh, the tournament progresses. But even if it's without the Hawkeye, any form of some form of DRS is good because like we spoke about the logistics earlier. Now the logistics, one hidden aspect of it is that you need that many quality umpires, and it's not as if you can just grow those umpires. Uh, if, if you have them, you have them. If you don't have them, and uh, it's it's more likely that you not have them given the amount of matches 
and what and other part of the logistics is because there's so many matches there let's break between successive matches for umpires so they are also under a lot of pressure and, and tired so any form of drs is good you know even if you don't have a, a, the full drs complement to the point that saurabh made about uh, group a and b being combined and uh, teams having an angst against that rule because of luck of the draw or whatever it is because of conditions uh, i'm sure it's not the last uh, of uh, i mean we're not hearing um, i'm sure that you know we'll definitely hear a lot more about it going forward because you've got games in the east like in dimapur or kolkata or agartala for example where uh, you know it rains pretty much all year round and uh, the light also gets really uh, dim after 3:30 or 4 so you're going to have interrupted games uh, or curtail games because of light and because of weather Uh, up north in delhi of course uh, less said the better with the pollution and the smog that uh, engulfs the entire area in the winter similarly in uh, rohtak chandigarh uh, so you know up north and uh, far east uh, you will have a lot of games that will be curtailed by weather curtailed by rain and this makes it even harder not just for group a and b but also for group d because you know you've got 10 teams and there's just one spot to go whereas you know a team like pondicherry that uh, plays bulk of its home games down south where the weather is fairly decent at that point of time and i'm sure somani uh, have a better chance of progressing because of um, the elements so one way of looking at that could be um, the bcci could possibly look to consider um, the system that's uh, adopted in england or even new zealand for example where you know you start off with the first class system uh, you finish three rounds or four rounds or at the halfway mark you take a break and then go back go into the one day format uh, you can either choose the vijay hazare or the or the the 2020 format the mushtaq ali depending on what's more uh, important at that stage of course the mushtaq ali is important now because of the auction so if the auction schedule for december then you break for the mushtaq ali and then you go back uh, after the auction and then go back to the ranji trophy so that could be one way of uh, looking at a, a split calendar of sorts to uh you know somewhat overcome the um, uh, weather element because we know that in december in the east and up north there are going to be a lot of curtailed games there are games going to be lost to weather pollution or whatever and uh, the teams that play their games in the south or the southwest will have some sort of a distinct advantage so uh, it's going to be tough to make these radical changes immediately but it's something for the board to consider uh going forward maybe say next year now that the you know the bcci bcci is back not the coa and any other form of administration that was running the game i think most of these uh decisions are very reactive that's the problem with uh the whole domestic system for example even uh, if icc could make a blunder with respect to uh, the super over in the world cup final and now they change the rule based on some incident i'm waiting for this incident to happen in ranji trophy where say group b uh, the group b topper has five wins but group a all the uh, first five teams have six wins you might actually have a group b topper who does not make it because it's a combined table and group a you have five close teams and hence they make it and then things will uh, uh, fall in place then bcci will uh, start correcting this so unless some uh, incident happens uh, then only they tend to realize that oh this is wrong i remember 2 3 years ago i think they changed caution to net run rate in in uh, first class match which is 
which is very baffling because you don't want to uh, they had something they had a focus on wickets at least before with respect to the quotient and now they completely made it based on how fast you score your runs which is irrelevant in first class cricket and i remember i think gujarat got eliminated because of that rule or either gujarat made it because of that rule so uh, they're very reactive bcci in terms of rules and uh, the same point which you spoke about drs so the moment something happened it now they have it for the knockouts for this year so every time they learn from their mistakes and we need one season where there a lot of mistakes for a lot of these rules to actually change an entire group should be washed out or something like that that that's pretty radical but actually uh, gorov has a very good point and uh, this is something that happened in the vijayadasa trophy uh, where punjab uh, lost out to tamil nadu in a first out final because uh, as uh, the punjab captain mandeep singh pointed out even if they had won all their matches in their group they wouldn't have gone through simply because tamil nadu played in a group with one more team and won all their matches so that that is something definitely that needs to be looked at and uh, i just want to come back to one point that shashank said that pondicherry has an advantage because of uh, weather uh, no shashank pondicherry has an advantage because we are really good ooh we are really good and i think it's because they have vinay kumar i think absolutely yeah yeah we have vinay kumar and uh, jr kumar as coach Puducherry, the new heavyweights of uh, among the newer teams in the plate group. Uh, we need to talk about the elephant in the room, which is two-time defending champions Vidarbha. It's not a sentence you would have probably expected to hear in Indian domestic cricket a couple of years ago. Just starting on Vidarbha and segueing into a point: who are the teams you think Saurabh and Shashank uh, will make an impact, will surprise people this time? Do you see Vidarbha making a hat trick of titles? That would be some statement to make in a crowded, in an overcrowded domestic system with. 38 teams just take us through the team vidarbha and why they've been successful and why do you see them or why you don't see them making it uh, all the way uh, to the final this time or winning it sort of well uh, vidarbha they're definitely going to make the knockouts but i would be uh, a little surprised if they have a hat trick of titles just because it's it's just so difficult to do you know uh, to win three titles on the trot i don't think anybody has done it since the bombay team uh, would have won all those years ago the three three in a row because uh, you know you lose form you have other reasons so uh, it would be surprising i wouldn't be surprised if vidarbha make it to the uh, quarter final semi final or even perhaps i mean if they make the final then then maybe i'll revise opinion say yeah they're going to for a hat trick but uh, otherwise it, it will be surprising just because of the nature of how how the competition is as for uh, which team could surprise uh, i think i would think towards the traditional heavyweights so it's not going to be too much of a surprise uh, the karnataka mumbai particularly look good and uh, tamil nadu have had a massive resurgence in white ball cricket so if they can carry that into the ranji trophy also then even they'll seriously challenge yeah i think tamil nadu has a fantastic chance this year of uh, kind of breaking the duck they came close to winning uh, or they came close to the final uh, 2014 15 where they lost to karnataka but this time you've got a lot of quality players that murli vijay is going to be available uh, you're going to have uh, ashwin available until i mean a bulk of the season would be over by the time the new zealand tour comes about so he's going to be available uh, dinesh karthik may may or may not play the entire season but he's there in the mix so that's like three solid uh, senior players who are readily available to to play for the state so you've got uh, a lot of quality there in that team to kind of uh, make up for what they've all uh, missed out in the last few years uh, karnataka again look particularly good Uh, if rahul's not going to be part of the test squad then you you've got his availability through the season 
Agarwal uh, with uh, India playing one day as now against West Indies, he's going to be available. So one of him or Rahul will always be around uh, till February. And then Devdath Padikal's coming. So Karnataka and Tamil Nadu look very, very good. Also talking about Vidarbha, whether they make it three in a row remains to be seen. But they've got a strong battery of uh, young kids breaking through the ranks. Um, watch out for these two kids, Atharva Thaide and Yash Rathod. Uh, these two kids have been ma- making... Lots of runs in the Kuch Behar Trophy, the under-19s, under-23s. They've been literally breaking down the door and uh, they've, uh, uh, you know, uh, fought their way t- to make it into the uh, Vidarva senior setup. Uh, Atharva Thade is an attacking batsman, very, very good, uh, easy on the eye. And uh, he became the first batsman to score a triple hundred in any format for Vidarva last year. And he, he was very, very unfortunate to miss out on the under-19 World Cup selection uh, Last time as well, when the batch that Prithvi and Shubman Gill were a part of. So, they've got a good battery of uh, young kids from the under-19 and under-23 setup, which has also done well in addition to the Ranji. So, the feeder system is doing very, very well in Vidarbha, uh, thanks to some uh, very good work being put in by Prashant Vaidya, the former uh, India fast bowler, and Shubrato Banerjee, who's also been Umesh Yadav's uh, personal fast bowling coach. So, whether they make it three in a row remains to be seen, but from what you see of the la- layer below the the first class team, Vidarbha looks very, very formidable and there's a lot of promise there. So, um, there is uh, under a very good coach like uh, Chandrakant Pandit who has decided to stay on after, uh, you know, there were doubts whether he will or he won't. I think it's a very good team and they'll definitely make it through to the knockouts. Shashank, will we see Karnataka beat Tamil Nadu for the thousandth time this season in the final again? I think uh, I'll... Uh, uh, put some money on the weather interrupting a pot boiler of a contest. So I'm look, I'm going for a drab draw. Maybe Karnataka will get the first innings lead. Yeah, that that's very much possible considering how most first class games go. And what about Anshuman Narat? Is he eligible this year or it takes a couple more years for him? He has started playing club cricket uh, in uh, Nagpur. Uh, he is now uh, officially a registered player under the Vidarbha Cricket Association. So... Uh, he has decided to uh, finish his international career with Hong Kong. But he won't be eligible to play any uh, senior cricket until the start of October 2020. So that automatically uh, rules him out for this season. But uh, what I hear and what I have been told is if they consider him good enough, then possibly you're looking at him coming into the batting lineup at some stage next year in the top order, depending on uh, how they go with their professionals. Uh, Ganesh Satish is there. They've got uh, Wasim Jafar, two uh, big names who won Ranji Trophy so many times. And Jafar is now will be touching 42 by then. So depending on his future and uh, the availability of a couple of other players, they could take a call. But again, he's been given no guarantees of breaking into the first class setup immediately upon eligibility. He's only been told that you score runs to put yourself up for selection and uh, we will take it from there. So the earliest he can play is from October 2020. That is uh, Anshuman Rath, once of Hong Kong, who's once leading them. If you remember last year in the Asia Cup, they gave India a scare for a while with that mammoth opening partnership. Uh, he's now in Nagpur playing club cricket and looking to move up the ranks to Vidarbha and potentially 
if all goes well, knock on the doors of an India spot. Um, some other bits and bobs before we finish. Uh, there's a number of names which, while I was doing research for this podcast, which interested me, which I thought might interest you to listener. There's a bunch of transfers that go on. It's not the, it's not quite the Premier League, but there's quite a lot of big names moving around these 38 teams. There's Stuart Binney, who has moved to Nagaland from Karnataka. Uh, there is uh, Vinay Kumar, who now plays for Puducherry. It's no news now. Uh, Saurabh uh, has, in fact, done a profile of him as a ardent, diehard Puducherry supporter. Uh, there's Robin Uthappa moving from Saurashtra to Kerala. There's a bunch of these names who are still making themselves relevant in the Ranji Trophy as professionals uh, from other states, playing their trade elsewhere among the smaller teams usually. And of course, if you follow domestic cricket closely, there's the likes of... Uh, Milind Kumar, who made quite an impression with Sikkim. Shashank already mentioned him moving to Tripura, uh, which is kind of one group ahead from the plate group, which is the bottom-most tier of the Ranji Trophy. Just before we wrap up, uh, a quick round of predictions from uh, Saurabh, Shashank and <laughs> Gaurav. Who do you guys expect knocking on the doors of an India A selection, if not an India selection, just by sheer weight of runs? Who will do a Mayank Agarwal and top the run charts? Who will pick up tons of wickets which actually matter uh, from the from the higher group, so to speak? And who do you expect to win the Ranji Trophy? Uh, Somebody has already ruled out a Vidarbha hat-trick. Saurabh, uh, let's start with you. The guy who I expect to be knocking on the doors is definitely Devdath Padikal. Uh, he's been outstanding for Karnataka in the Vijayazare and Said Mustakali trophy. Like, I, I thought in the Vijayazare that he was uh, batting at one gear lower possibly, and, but then he showed that he could go higher in the Said Mustakali trophy. So, definitely, he's a guy to watch out for. My high uh, taker, uh, undoubtedly Vinay Kumar, he's going to run through the opposition in the plate league. My winner, though, I'm going to probably go with Karnataka to complete uh, I mean I ruled out an earlier hat-trick but I am not ruling out a hat-trick with the season of uh, Vijayazare, Said Mushtagali and Ranji Trophy that would be quite something uh, so simple uh, for me the highest run getter will be Prithvi Shaw he's got a point to prove He's come back hungry. He's come back focused. He's come back determined. I don't think he's going to make the squad for the uh, New Zealand tour, even as a backup opener, because the test team already has uh, Shubman Gill, who's been, uh, you know, uh, groomed for that role. So should there be an opening, he's likely to come in and it'll be unfair for them to drop him just because another opener who uh, was out for uh, some other reasons is now coming back. So... Prithvi Shaw will uh, play the entire season. And I'm, I'm talking about group A, B, C. Uh, I'm leaving out the plate group for now. In terms of wickets, uh, I'm going to go with... Uh, it'll be a toss-up between Ishan Porel for Bengal, the new uh, upcoming seamer. So he's going to be doing... Um, a bulk of the bowling for them on some good wickets uh, in the east and pro- possibly up north. So, Ishan Porel is one prediction for me. And another bowler that I'd probably keep my eyes on is uh, Shreyas Gopal from Karnataka. Very, very good leg spinner who could come into the T20 mix. So, these are my two bowlers. And as far as my knockouts are concerned, I think it'll be Mumbai, Tamil Nadu, Karnataka and Vidarbha with Karnataka winning. So, that'll be my uh, four semi-finalists and the uh, final prediction. It'll be a nice to see a Tamil Nadu Karnataka final again. That'll make it like three in a row so and it's completely not uh, ruled out so yeah these are the, my four uh, teams and maybe 
maybe a TN Karnataka final with Karnataka winning again. Everybody stole my answer with respect to Karnataka. I thought these guys will go for Vidarbha or some other dark horse, but yeah, even I think Karnataka will uh, make the finals and win the treble this time for the fact that they have a good uh, batting order and some experienced guys in the bowling. With respect to who's going to be the leading run getter and wicket taker, uh, my choices are Rituraj Gaikwad and Shabazz Nadeen. Excellent. Short and snappy answer from Gaurav. Just for the record, no team that has been backed by Stump Mike experts has gone on to win any title so far in the last 18 months. We've had uh, Trinbago Knight Riders most recently, before which there was New Zealand, before which I think there was CSK in the IPL. So it's quite a jinx that Karnataka have to overcome to complete their treble after winning the one-day and T20 domestic competitions. That's all we have time for on this episode of Stump Mike. Shashank, Saurabh, thanks for your time. Uh, look forward to reading you guys. Thanks, Srinath. Pleasure being here. Thanks, Srinath. Really good fun being part of this uh, podcast. Looking forward to a lot more of this going forward. Yeah, and thanks as always to Gaurav. Uh, look forward to Karnataka finally breaking the jinx. Uh, and of course, let's know you can keep tabs on 38 teams competing in the Ranji Trophy throughout the season on ESPN Crook Info with Shashank, Saurabh and all of our other writers following the tournament closely. And remember, you can subscribe to us on iTunes. Leave us a rating. It helps more and more people find the podcast. You can get it on Stitcher, Spotify, Pocket Cast, or anywhere else you find your podcast. On that note, uh, from all of us at ESPN Cricket Show, it's goodbye. Take care.